Good morning. Good morning to everybody here in church and good morning to everybody who's watching us at home either as I speak or whenever you choose to do so. Welcome. It's great either to see you or to believe vaguely in you. This morning's service then is the theme we're carrying on working our way through Mark and today we're into chapter 6 and it's come away and rest not And I'm looking forward to hearing what Chris Turner is going to say to us as he reflects on that. Father God, thank you for this chance to gather in your name. I pray that as we gather, whether physically in our building or remotely elsewhere, you would be with us. Be with us as we hear your word. Be with us as we sing your praises. Be with us in our shared communion with all its limitations today. Speak to us, fill us, unite us and inspire us in the name of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And so we can enter into God's presence and listen to what he's got to say to us. First of all, let's hear his word in the Bible from Susan Mole. will read us that. And then, as I said, Chris Turner is going to reflect on it with us. The reading this morning is from the Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 6, verses 30 to 34, and verse 53. The apostles gathered round Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they didn't even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret and anchored there. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I wonder if you've ever got to a place where you're saying to yourself, if anyone else makes any demands on me, I'll scream. Ever felt like that? Hands up who hasn't, I think. Well, that's exactly how the disciples felt, no doubt. They'd reached compassion fatigue, as you and I do, very easily. The disciples, uh, recorded earlier in, in Mark chapter 6, our chapter this morning, had been out on a mission. Jesus had sent them out two by two. There were to be no specialists. Everybody was to be involved. In other words, everybody was involved in the teaching ministry, the preaching ministry, and the healing ministry. Everybody. I think that's true for us, isn't it? And he sends them out two by two, which is why we, as we will this morning when we offer prayer ministry in the foyer here, do it two by two. One, so that we can support each other. Two, so that when one person's praying, the other is listening to God and, and so on. We do it together. And the purpose of the mission was to preach and heal and cast out demons. 
and to go just as they were, not to take masses with them. And uh, they would find that from time to time it would be a bit of a battle because not every place would welcome them. But the result was that people believed and turned to God. Many of the sick were healed and demons were cast out. And the other result was that all the disciples came back cream-crackered. Absolutely done for. If you've ever been on a mission, you know that you need to leave the following week blank in the diary because you're useless. Absolutely knocked out for a, a period after you've been on something like that. People often find, and I've no doubt you have if you've been on one or uh, this, this summer or if you're going to go on one, uh, you'll find that um, when you go for your, for your holiday, your first few days, you're pretty useless. <laughs> At least I am. <laughs> you just want to sleep, don't you? At least I do. So when they came back, they had a quick debrief with Jesus, recorded in verse 30. You need to do that while, the, while it's fresh in the mind, before you forget it all. And then we come to our verse for this morning, which is our text today. And I do believe it's a word for all of us. Jesus says to them, and I believe he says to us, four things. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. And quite simply this morning, it's those four things I want to reflect on for just a few minutes. Come with me, says Jesus. Well, Lord, where, where are we going? No doubt that's what the disciples had to say. You'll see. Trust me. When we go on holiday or we have a time of rest or we have some time off, no matter where we go, he says, come with me. I know where to take you. I know how to restore you. I know how to heal you. Come with me. How we need that, don't we, brothers and sisters? So many of us after these last months. Secondly, by yourselves. I'm on point, point two already. <laughs> by yourselves. There is a time for people. But sometimes the demands are such that you need to get away or you won't even have time to eat, we read in verse 31. I've discovered, not because I'm doing it but my, myself, but in talking to others and talking to my daughter, the dangers of working from home. I've no doubt, how many here have been working from home? Oh yes, quite a lot. She's been working from home for 18 months, as you, many of you know. She's part of the uh, community regeneration team in the diocese. And although she's not been surrounded by people, as Jesus and the disciples were, she's been battered, and, and goodness knows what, by email, text, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you, you know, it all comes, doesn't it? And on a Thursday, I always make a point of ringing her at about 7 o'clock in the evening because I know she'll still be working. She'll have started early in the morning, and I'll ring her at 7 and say, are you still working, sweetheart? Yeah, I'm still working. And how much longer are you going to work? Well, I've got another two or three hours yet. Have you had anything to eat? Oh, I haven't really got round to that. Often she goes through a whole of a Thursday without having anything to eat. I've been doing a bit of reading of Terry Waite. I recommend his book, a little book called Solitude, and... Uh, 
It's partly a reflection on his four and a half years that many of you will remember in isolation, in captivity in Lebanon, in the dark, with no natural light. In this book, he uh, decides that he's going to visit various people around the world who are in solitary places and reflect on their experiences with them. And he's written a very helpful book as a result. And one of the things that he discovered when he was in this dungeon, dark dungeon in Beirut, was that he needed to have, if he wasn't to collapse entirely, he needed to have some structure and discipline in his day, even in that horrible confinement. Because otherwise he found that um, uh, he wouldn't know what time of day it was, of course. No idea what time of day it was. He didn't know it was day or night. Can you imagine what that's like? Because there was no light. But he very quickly discovered that he needed to have a plan for his day. Some structure in it and some discipline. Not, not that I'm any good at it myself, really, but we've been reflecting on how we need to build in structure into all our times, and even if you're on your own and working from home. And I guess some of us here could share some very helpful things. Uh, maybe we can outside, because I'd love to hear tips. Come away by yourselves. I'd like to share one or two personal things this morning, if I may. If they're, no, if they're not relevant to you, chuck them in the bin. But if they are helpful, um, well, praise God for that. Helen and I, we were married 32 years. And every three or four years, we would go off on a marriage enrichment weekend. There are various organizations that run these things around the country. And we felt that it was a very good thing to go and have a wash and brush up every 10,000 miles and uh, see how we're getting on. We didn't learn lots of masses of new things every time, but it helped us just to reflect on what could we improve on in our relationship and what, what things were going well and so on. And we spent some time by ourselves, just the two of us. Another thing that she and I had was an agreement that we would set each other free to go away one week in the year for, for anything that we, uh, that we would like to do. And so um, twice a year, once for me and once for her, I would look after the kids or she would look after the kids. And each of us, we'd, we'd take our turn to go off on a quiet retreat somewhere and we could do whatever we, we wanted. And we both found those enormously helpful by yourself. I'd like to talk a little bit about solitude in a moment because solitude is not the same thing as loneliness. And some of us, and I felt quite lonely at times in the last 18 months, I'm sure some of us have. But it's a different thing from solitude. And I'd like to just share a couple of things in a moment from Terry Waite's experience. But let's come on to number three, otherwise we won't get to the end. Uh, come away, come with me, by yourselves, to a quiet place. I'd like to say a word or two about the importance of place. Away from distractions, even for those of us who live alone, home is not always a quiet place. I don't mean that there's lots of noise going on, but there are jobs that shout at you. And phone, text, email, Facebook, WhatsApp and Twitter can invade, can they not? Wretched things. Can you find a quiet place at home? For some, that's better somewhere else. On Tuesday, I have the privilege of going to... We have a caravan. Thank you, Lord. 
on the coast in Somerset. And I'll go down there for a week. The first day or two will be excruciating. It's like going on a retreat. I can't wait for the retreat houses to open up again. As some of you know, I've got my favourite retreat house down at Langasty House, just on the edge of Brecon, down in South Wales. And I, I go there for a, a week's silent retreat, and I absolutely love it. But the first 24, 48 hours are excruciating, because there's so much noise going on up here. All the things that I've been thinking about and doing and so on, and all these voices hammering away. And uh, if, if you find it difficult to settle, bear with it. Because in time, amazingly, these voices, all of a sudden, they begin to quieten down. And you find on day three that you're in a different place. Quiet place. Now, it may be not be possible for you to get away to a quiet place in the immediate future, as it wasn't for the disciples. Such are the demands. But may I encourage you, if you haven't already done so, to put something in the diary. You know, if you're going to put stones and sand in a um, bowl, which do you put in first? Why do you put the stones in first? Because they're bigger? Absolutely. The sand would just go in the gaps. Yeah. If you put the sand in first, no room for the stones. But if you put the stones in first, of course the sand gets around the edges and you can get the sand in no problem. And the stones stand for the things that we count to be really important in our lives. And holidays and rest and time away by ourselves, time with him, are important stones, aren't they? And uh, they need to get in the diary because they don't just happen. I had an email la this last week from uh, a friend. Some of you know that I have the privilege of working in a mentor relationship with, the, with currently five young vicars. And the deal is with one or two of them, they like me to take their services when they go on holiday or they have a break. It means that they don't have to worry about cover for it. And uh, one of them was, uh, emailed me last week and uh, he's, put, he's put a stone in his diary. A couple of weeks in a few months' time. And so it's in my diary too because I'm doing the Sundays. Diary it. But in the meantime, what do we do? when the, we simply can't do this at the moment. You know, there just isn't space. The demands are so great. And so many of us do face that. May I offer one thing for what it's worth? When I was a hospice chaplain down in Western Supermare, I would get in about 8 o'clock in the morning and I probably wouldn't leave till 8 o'clock in the evening it would, and, and it wouldn't stop. It would be full on if, not, if I wasn't with patients or staff or, or relatives in the hospice, I'd be visit, visiting them around the, the county. A friend of mine on the staff said, you need to have five-minute oases in the day, a number of them. So I decided my office was upstairs with the window backing on to the little primary school. I worked out when their breaks were. So when it was their break time, uh, I would have sent myself and go upstairs, close the door, and rather like Daniel, I would turn my, my uh, chair to face east to look at the children watching them play. And I would just sit there for 10 minutes and just watch them play. And I can't tell you how refreshing that was for me. For me, it was an oasis. And it, it, uh, it did something for me that gave me another... It was like a power nap, if you like, um, that gave me some injection for the next stint. Again, if you've got tips on how 
we can do that. And some of you will have because you've been under, and you are under enormously stressful situations. Please do share them with us in the car park. I'm on to the last thing at long last. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. Of course, as I've said, when we go on holiday or when we come to rest, the first thing we'll need to do, no doubt, is to sleep because you, uh, you're not able to receive much until the old body's had a bit of rest. But once we are rested and we're able to receive, Jesus actually will renew us in such a way that we are able once again to foray out. When I was preparing this talk, I did it with my Bible that has the words of Jesus in red. And in this passage and and the passage that follows, there are just two things in red. This one, come with me, and so on. And then later, and you'll know, I've no doubt, what's going on at the time, he says to the disciples, you give them something to eat. You remember what happens? It's the feeding of the 5,000. Of course it is. That's right. It's a reminder that rest with Jesus has a purpose to refuel us, to renew us, so that we actually have much to give to others. I've just had a couple of quotes from Terry Waite. I am happy on my own, although I realize that living alone can make you very selfish. Solitude is different from loneliness. Solitude that is self-centered cannot be satisfying. I think that the lonely have to care about other people and not just about themselves. If they develop an interest, an outside interest of some kind, they can perhaps ease their loneliness. I don't think you deliberately choose loneliness, but you choose solitude. Or so you can choose solitude. I would say I have to agree with that. I realize that living alone can make you very selfish. I've been on my own 13 years now. One or two people have said to me, you know, all you've, uh, your fellow wi- wi- widowers are getting remarried. And I say, I've been on my own 13 years. I would be impossible to live with now. I've got my life the way I like it. I don't know about you, but I have found that COVID has made my, if I'm not jolly careful, has made my world shrink. Such because I've been in my own house with nobody else in my house for 12 or 18 months. I have become preoccupied with tiny little things that I would never have thought twice about when I was normally getting out and about. Something we have to watch, don't we? The verse that's really the Lord has been hammering away at me is Colossians 3. Seek the things that are above, not the things that are on there. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. And Terry Waite has one or two tips on solitude. And with this, I'm, I'm drawing to a close, I hope. He quotes uh, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, uh, uh, who talks about memories. Sachs says, you have to begin to lose your memory, if only in bits and pieces, to realize that memory is what makes our lives. Life without memory is no life at all. Our memory is our coherence, our reason, our feeling, even our action. And when you are on your own, you have time to reflect on your memories. A little while ago, I was um, invited to contribute to a book on palliative care following 10 years of experience as a hospice chaplain. And I was rather keen to do that. So I went up to my study and got my files out. And I had, particularly while I was at Western, 
made copious notes because you had to anyway in the, in the medical files. So I had all sorts of stories of patients and so on. But could I find it? And what had happened to it? Well, I'll tell you, when I left the vicarage and had to downsize by 50%, things just got thrown out. I had to leave the vicarage in a hurry because they wanted it because they weren't having a two-year vacancy. They had three months, and then the new vicar was in. They were lucky, weren't they? By mistake, they'd, that file had got thrown out with loads of other files. I felt totally bereft. And I'll tell you what I felt. I felt a part of my life had been ripped from me. Memory is so important, isn't it? Since that time, I've tried to tried to remember to write things down because my memory is shocking. And memories help us with the question, what has God been teaching us? Where has he taken me? Where might we be going? Come with me. Archbishop Anthony Bloom, Russian Orthodox priest, Years ago, I wrote a marvelous book called Prayer, and in it he tells the story of an old, uh, old uh, French man uh, in the countryside in France who used to go into his lo- local Roman Catholic church every day for half an hour. And see, he would sit in the same place for half an hour every day, day after day, week after week, month after month, unfailing. And after some weeks, the priest went up to him and said, I hope you don't mind my asking, but tell me, what are you doing when you come every day uh, here for half an hour? And uh, the old man was just sitting there um, facing a stained glass window which depicted Jesus on the cross. And he simply said, I looks at him and he looks at me and we are happy together. Come with me, says Jesus. Just rest in me. Just be with me. Now, I've got a couple of things I want to say to us all about new beginnings, and about when Ben arrives. I believe this word is a really important word for all of us. And I know that this is being live-streamed, and I want the other members of the church to hear this. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. We've been through, and we're still going through, of course, 18 months that we were never created to be. We're all tired, not least those who have worked so hard. And I hope you'll allow me, I don't know, um, I'm sure others will say it in time, to say an enormous, enormous thank you to wardens and PCC and ministry team, Rachel and the youth and children's team, Amanda and those who've helped with the admin side, Joanne and the pastoral team, Phil and the tech team, and there are others, aren't there? Don't we owe them so much? You've done a wonderful job, and um, so thank you. But you're tired, and I'm tired, and we're all tired. We need refreshment and we need the Lord's healing, don't we? So may I say this, may we take August as a time when we're going to take this verse and we're going to do it. We're going to come with Jesus to a quiet place by ourselves and rest a while. Make the whole of August a time of rest for the church.
Those under pressure at work, I hope you will have a chance for a break yourself. Can I say, how can we help Ben and Jess begin their ministry here? Most of you will know, though I gather some of you don't, that Ben missed his final service because he was pinged and had to isolate. I cannot imagine what it must be like. You've, you've worked alongside, you've loved and you've ministered, you've fellowshiped with these wonderful people, and you can't even be there for the final service to say goodbye to them. So when they come here, they won't be starting full of vim and vigor and everything. They're exhausted. Can we say to Ben and Jess, August is a time of rest for you here. Don't bombard them, folks, the moment they arrive, will you? And, of course, when we, some of us will be here on the 3rd of August. There won't be room for all of us, I know, which is such a shame. But uh, some of Amington will be here. It'll be their chance to say their final goodbye to Ben. Can we show love and care to them when they come? And then when we get to September, that with Ben and Jess, we together say, Lord, where are you wanting to take us? And please help us to discover your rhythm so that we're doing it at your pace, not at ours. Come with me. One caveat, and then I really am going to finish. We've been at this for two years. And I think the Lord actually will be pleased with what he's seen his brothers and sisters do here. I think we've handled it, by his grace, amazingly well. And of course, one of the things about that is that over two years, you develop a way of doing things. And we have a vicar coming to us who's been doing things, and he might have been doing them in a different way. And we'll need to take time with each other, won't we? To get used to each other, to let go of what we've been doing, to let go of the way we do it and say, it's all, all, yours, all yours, Lord. Fortunately, we're not one of those churches that whenever the vicar suggests something, you say, oh, but we've always done it this way. So, many of us feel dry spiritually. Jesus says, come with me. We're going to need to be patient with each other in these coming weeks and months. It's okay to say it's been tough because it has been. It's okay to say you've shed many tears because I have. Come with me. I'll take you to a place of healing, restoration, and renewal. And then we will be able to respond to the Lord's word. You give them something to eat. We will have much to share with the many around us who are hungry, starving, and in need of their food. Thank you for your patience. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for your compassion and mercy towards us, your everlasting kindness lavished on us. As we come to you in prayer, Thank you that we know that you hear us. We pray for our world so in need of you. We pray for all affected by the floods in Europe 
where hundreds of people are missing. Hundreds have been made homeless. Many have died and many face devastation. We pray for South Africa, experiencing terrifying unrest and violence. We pray for Iran, facing drought with water and power shortages. For Iraq, with news of a fire at a hospital killing more than 90 people and injuring many more. We pray for all who are displaced from their homes across the world and for those who are trying to help. We pray for the ongoing pandemic causing suffering across the world. We pray for our country with the NHS and its staff under increasing pressure again. Please give wisdom in our next steps as the country opens back up again despite cases rising. Thank you, Lord, for our church's children and young people and the joy that they bring to us. Thank you for all in our church who have led them and supported them, especially over this year where things have been trickier. We pray for rest, recuperation and fun over the summer for them and for teachers and school staff who have worked so hard in really challenging circumstances. Thank you for our church pastoral team and the support that they've given to us all. We pray that you would continue to strengthen them as they care and show your compassion to others. We pray for all who are ill, bereaved, lonely or scared. Please draw alongside them with your peace, healing and wholeness. And we pray for Ben and Jess as they rest before coming to us. Please bless them and renew them. Thank you for your calling to them to come to lead us. Please help them as they move. Enable them to settle well and us to welcome them warmly and kindly. Please give us compassionate, loving hearts as we continue to serve you where you have placed us. Help us to live each day as an offering of praise as we show to the world your compassion. Help us too to draw close to you, to be refreshed and empowered to do all things in your strength, to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's join together with the words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, we pray that in every hour of every day, we might live in peace. We don't ask that we should be always at rest. There will be times when you ask much of us to whom you have given so much. 
There will be times when you lead us down a difficult path. Grant us the wisdom to wear your yoke lightly, to hear your voice calling us to a quiet place, to rest a while with you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. And so may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among us and remain with us and those for whom we pray this day, this week and always. Amen.